Etetsu Mimoto is a former punk-turned-Buddhist priest in Japan, has made a career out of helping suicidal people find reasons to live, but this work has become increasingly at the cost of his own health and his family. He refuses to draw the lines between his patients and himself. The departure captures Nemoto at a crossroads when his growing self-destructive tendencies lead him to confront the same questions his patients ask him. What makes life worth living? The Departure is uh, the second documentary by our guest today. That would be Lana Wilson. Uh, After Tiller was an award-winning film. Um, great praise all around, and I have every reason to believe that The Departure will will stay will be in that vein. It's an exceptional documentary, very intimate, and um, captures the essence of what I believe this man to be. So, Lana, welcome to film school. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. The uh, The film is, as I said, it's a very intimate portrait of this man. Well, let's tell you, talk a little bit about how you came to know about him mm -hmm. and then what prompted mm -hmm. sort of the idea of making the documentary. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, I, I read an article about him in the New Yorker magazine, and I was immediately struck by what a fascinating person he was. But in, on a larger level... I think I was drawn to this story because thinking about death helps us remember how to live. It helps us think about what's most precious in our life. So I was I was drawn to this man because I saw him and his world and his story and these exercises that he does with people who are struggling to come to him for help. I saw it as a chance for everyone in the audience to think deeply about the meaning of their own life and the value of every minute. And in particular, there's this very special retreat that he does with participants that the film is named for, called The Departure, where he has people who might be depressed or suicidal, struggling in different ways. They all come to his temple, and he has them sit together and write down on little pieces of paper the three most important people in their life, the three most important objects, three wishes they have for the future. They write down all these things, and then one by one, they crumple up those pieces of paper and throw them away. Mm -hmm. Because when you die, you have to say goodbye to everything that you love in your life. And then they lie under these white cloths and imagine that they're dying. And um, I, I tried to capture it in this incredibly cinematic way so that it was a real experience for audience members that they could go on with these people. And the film starts with that, and then it becomes increasingly more and more about the priest himself, yeah. about how he has such a gift for helping other people find meaning and value and purpose and beauty in their own lives. But he struggles with a lot of that stuff himself. You know, it's that thing where it's, it's easier to give advice to other people than it is to take your own advice. I think it's a very right. common right. human quality. Right. And that's the crux of what the film's about. Yeah, and I, I will say... A couple of things is one, I can't yeah. imagine watching that first uh, five, ten minutes of the film where we watch him riding the motorcycle. Well, the, the opening is very interesting, but when we get to this mm -hmm, part of mm -hmm. the film uh, where the mm -hmm. where the exercise you're describing, it takes place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't imagine anyone I know I went through my own checklist as, as yeah. I'm watching the film. I mean, yeah. it's sort of it's, it's sort of a a mini therapy session into onto itself to watch that totally. that part of the se 
part of the film and then mm-hmm. and then from there you're right he becomes he is a very interesting person uh mm-hmm. to watch he's also mm-hmm. very uh telegenic and he's charismatic and in a very quiet way but he really has a I can understand why people are attracted to him to hear what he has to say watching him in the film. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad you felt like it was a mini therapy session for you right away to reevaluate your life. That makes me oh, very yeah. happy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, now, um, my understanding is that you were so drawn that you decided to pick up and go to uh, Japan to meet him and uh, was yeah. gaining his confidence and the confidence of his family uh, easy or was it a challenge? What was what went into that process for you? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's one thing to, this is a guy, he's had a fair amount of press on him. So you can read him about him in articles and stuff, but it's, it's another thing to be on camera in a film. There is this gravity and a presence, a charisma that you're looking for that, that with some people it comes across through the camera lens and with other people do not. So I, I wanted, like we did this with Dr. Tiller too, I really wanted to meet him in person, um, not be shooting, but just meet him, get to know him, spend time with him, see what he was like and what his world is like. So I went over to Japan and when I first met him, I mean, I was struck by, he was dressed in these kind of hippie homeless clothes <laughs> and he was just so chill making jokes kind of slumped over when he was driving us from the train station in his car and he was just not at all what I thought a priest would be like and I think that's something that draws people to him too he's not a formal you know hypersensitive um figure, a more uptight figure that uh, I associate with priests and, and including other Buddhist priests in Japan tend to be much more formal than he is. He's, he is, he grew up partying, he loves clubbing, dancing, you know, he's, he just likes to have fun, he loves the arcade fire and Paul McCartney, <laughs> you know, and he used to be in these punk bands, so he does have this quality of just, he's game for anything, he'll never say no. And you can you can also kind of say anything to him, and he'll hardly even react. You yeah. can say the most shocking stuff to him, and doesn't phase him at all. So that's part of why he's so attractive to people who need someone to talk to, but are afraid of saying these dark thoughts that they have. Uh, you know, they think if they utter them out loud, what will happen? Nimoto is someone who you can say all that stuff to. And so when I met him in person, I immediately saw all of that in terms of building up trust with him and his family. Yeah, it was a process. I went back eight times over almost three years. Oh my. And during that time I saw his his baby son start to grow up. You know, the film is the big new thing in his life when we were filming was that he had this newborn son. And so the film is in many ways about him understanding what it means to be a father, who he is as a father, how he can balance his personal life with his desire to help so many people. Um, so it was gradual and you just, you start slowly and then it takes time. And by the end, you know, uh, we totally felt like part of the family. They were extraordinarily generous with us. Um, and I, I think that, you know, we, we, we had a lot of fun times too. It wasn't just all filming serious stuff. I mean, part of the film is, yeah, we have these serious counseling sessions. We also tried to put in all these moments of beauty and life and vibrancy and happiness that are a part of Nemoto and his family's life. 
Yeah, we we definitely see the wild child side of him in, in the <laughs> right. film as well. And, and I, right. I got to say, his son is it Tape? Am I saying that? Tape. Yeah. Okay. He's the little Buddha in this film. He, yeah. He is such a. <laughs> Well, the film opens with with him out in the, on the in the yard, and then there's a couple yep. of scenes that you just shoot of him opening and closing doors, just sitting there yeah. looking at the camera. He has this amazingly yeah. calming, you know, almost like <laughs> he's our guide in some way. I felt like when I was watching yeah. him, he's pointing towards whatever we're going to be seeing. And it just right. did you? I mean, did that just sort of pop up in the editing, or how did you? How did mm. you see him? How did you see little Taipei? Yeah, well, he. I always knew this film. It was clear after meeting Emoto that that uh, he was working so much all the time, getting calls twenty four seven from people who were suicidal and needed his help. I could see that on the one hand, yeah. and then I could see this new son and his family on the other hand. Yeah. And it was obvious that um, some kind of re- rebalancing was going to need to happen here, or some really bad things would happen with Nimoto's health. Um, and so I saw that from the beginning. So I saw it was this struggle between his work and yeah. his family life, focusing on the sun as, as a symbol of that and a symbol of life. And, and as our guide, as you say, came about while filming in part because my cinematographer has a son the exact same age. Oh. So she was drawn to capture these little moments with him that I don't think I would have, you know, you know, I'm very focused on, you know, what is the scene? What is the story? What are we getting now? And she would tend more to grab these little things. I'm like, how does that connect to the scene for filming? <laughs> but she would see it. That's yeah. that I would not see in my uh, focused tunnel vision. <laughs> so that's a part of it. Um, my editor also has a son the same age. So it's kind of surrounded by people as <laughs> you kinship to little boys. And, uh, yeah, we when we structured the film exactly as you say, Little children, when you film with them, they're great because they're the most natural on camera on the one hand, but they also look at the camera all the time. (laughs) They're the only people there who will not agree to this bargain of pretending as though a camera is not in the room. So Tepe, like any kid, looks at the camera every now and then, and we decided, you know, let's open the film with him really giving the camera a nice stare and saying, come with me now, exactly as you say. It's like he's our guide. And that establishes right up front, there's one person in the film who can look at us, and that's this child, Cafe. Yeah, and it positions him in this particular way in the story. That's fun. That's fun. It's really, it's really a nice element in the film. I would like to remind our listeners we're speaking with Lana Wilson. She is the director of the new film, The Departure, a documentary about a Buddhist priest who counsels people uh, from suicide for to consider all of the ramifications of an action like commit taking your own life. And uh, you said something that I find very interesting um, as a filmmaker and also just sort of as uh, a, a human being that you recognize tendencies in him and his character. And I know the film, as you said, evolved over time. It was going mm-hmm. there to be a portrait of him. And increasingly, you could see of his work, I should say, and increasingly it became a portrait of, of him and his life and his family. But it's interesting that you would start to pick up on elements that would become very important over the course of the two and a half years we're with him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you were seeing things that he may not, I'm, I'm certain his his family, his, his wife and his, and his um, 
was his wife's mother, right? Or is that his? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that's his mother. That's his mother. We're yeah. we're seeing, and you picked up on that, and 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 that becomes very much what it's uh, what the film evolves into. But that's interesting to sort of uh, foreshadow for your own purposes to see where this right. was likely to end. Is how did right. the, how do you? I mean, is that just something as being a, a you know a person who's paying attention? What is it about your sensitivities that you felt like you could see that this was going to end up somewhere near there? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's part. He he had a history of health problems. I mean, he mm-hmm. he knew that he worked too much. He and his family were conscious of it. He'd had heart problems before. So part of it was just what was there, and then you know me coming in thinking. When you make a verite film, you think, what is going to happen in the next year? Mm-hmm. Where is this going to go? How is this person going to change? And you try to guess at all of that. And um, because you want to know, is something going to really happen that will see? This is the kind of film where you need something to occur, to totally change over time for the film to be great. Yeah. So it's looking for that. The new thing, yeah, was his son. And I could see that he, he loved his son. Yeah. But he was still, you know, he felt most alive in counseling sessions, talking to people about the meaning of life and what death is and what what it's all about, why we're here. I mean, he kind of lights up in a way in those counseling sessions. And then he, the same way with kind of going out dancing all night. He's someone who's drawn to extremes because they make him feel alive. Yeah. You know, I think there are a lot of people like that. It's very relatable. Yeah. And for it's, I saw all these universal elements of his personality that I thought people here in America and all over the world could connect to. You know, should we be holding in our energy, trying to be healthy, trying to take care of ourselves to live as long as possible? Or should we be throwing everything we have at life, trying to drain the most out of every moment, trying to give everything we have because we could be gone at any second. Right. You know, what philosophy do you live by? Mm-hmm. What do you do? And then when you're surrounded, as, as we all are, and as I think we've become more and more aware with the amount of global news and information that we get every day, we're living in a world that is full of pain and suffering. And there are these sinkholes of human need all around us and it can become paralyzing sometimes to try to figure out what is the best way to help other people what is the best way to make the world better what can you as one person do and I think for a lot of people who are drawn to altruistic professions social workers therapists caregivers of all kinds um those people take on a huge emotional load, both in taking on other people's problems, but in trying so hard to help. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming and futile. You know, what are my efforts really doing here? And then you think, oh, should I be focused more on myself? So this this tendency we all have to want to help other people, but to also need to take care of ourselves and how to balance all the difficult things going on in the world, how to you know, <laughs> relinquish control of some of that because not everything can be fixed and not everyone can be saved. I think that these are questions that are totally universal and part of being alive that we all have. So I like the idea that his struggles, although some were more external, it's mostly pretty internal. I like the idea 
of a film that would get into the subtleties of those decisions we all have to make about how we're living our lives. I agree with the, your assessment of him and, and, and in this film. It, in, it's interesting in his approach to his counseling to the people. Mm -hmm. we, we, in the film, The Departure, we see a couple of different people that he focus, we, you focus on as, as mm -hmm. people who have, I guess, been around him for a while, have struggled with, with uh, whether or not they are going to uh, take their own lives, which is in, it's an interesting thing. And I, I think his approach is very much to not say, don't do it. He just says, are you sure of the ram? Are you sure about what you're doing? And that exercise right. at the very beginning, sort yeah. of in very stark terms, is a presentation of that idea is, okay, mm -hmm. okay. This is what you think you want to do. Now let's really kind of drill down and see, is this, yeah. this really what you think it is going to be? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think he's he's very different than uh, professional suicide prevention, like hotline workers and counselors, for example, and that he, he doesn't begin with, don't do it. Yeah. You know, where's the gun? Put it away. Yeah. Tell me the gun is away. Yeah. You know, that's that's not how this is at all. He accepts people as a kind of yeah we all have those dark thoughts sometimes don't we <laughs> yeah. you know what does let's play this out what does that mean he is a kind of there is no method to his method he'll do whatever it takes but it, it yeah it doesn't come from a place of please no don't do that a place of, of fear and i think that's what allows people to talk so freely around him i mean on the other hand it sometimes can seem a bit reckless you know you can think oh my you just said what? <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. But it's incredibly effective. He's been doing this work for over a decade. In that time, he's seen hundreds, maybe thousands of patients. And only one person he's met has ever committed suicide in oh. all of his time doing oh, this my. work. Oh, that's, an, that's wow. Well, and the, and I think the, the, the approach that we're talking about is it's it's not it doesn't put the onus on of the dynamic changes because it's not him telling right. them not to do something. It's him talking to them about so that they make the decision in their own minds, in their own rationale to do, yep. to not do it. So that's a probably a much, I would assume a much more effective way of, of yeah. doing at this. So, um, yeah. And it's the start of a, it's like a life. Friendship. And that's the other reason it's not like what a, quote, professional would do. It's not a professional dispensing advice, a wise person dispensing advice to the sick patient. Yeah. It's not like that. It's yeah. more like him saying, you know, here's what I think, you know, and he shares his own issues with the people who come to him. It's more mutual. It's more like a friendship. He sees it as, you know, he can't save someone. They save each other yeah. by going into this territory together. Right. We're speaking with Lana Wilson, the director of the new documentary, The Departure. It is opening here today in Los Angeles at the uh, Lemley's Monica Film Center uh, in Santa Monica, down there on 2nd Street, Great the 2nd Street Promenade area. It's a great area to go, to hang out, see some great movies, and this is certainly one of them. Lana will be here uh, tonight, Friday and Saturday. Uh, for a Q&A. I'm not sure exactly what screening. It's usually whatever the 7... 720. 720. Okay. 450 and 720 on Saturday. Very, yeah. very good. <laughs> and uh, the film has received a tremendous amount of praise. Uh, I believe uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it scored very, very well. I think it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and it's... Uh, 
so congratulations on the accolade. Thank you. Um, Thanks so what, much. What, has there been a reaction on the part of the uh, Namoto family? Uh, yeah. And yeah. tell me a little bit about how they reacted to the film. Yeah. Well, they all came to New York for the premiere and in April, and they they were really blown away by it. I think they hadn't expected it. it you know, I, I'm there with a tiny crew, a quite small camera. When you see it on the theater, it feels more like this big art movie. And I think they hadn't totally expected that, you know. They took it to be a little more like a documentary. So they loved the cinematic qualities. Yeah. They loved the storytelling you know, Big Moto, I think the first time he watched it, he was just a little nervous about what exactly I'd included because I'd been filming with him for so long, you know. And yeah. he, was, he was like, how much bad behavior is going to be in here? <laughs> but he, he loved it. He thought it totally captured him in this transformational moment in his life that he went through. And then his wife, Yukiko, had a response where she watched it over and over again at the festival where it premiered three times with me. And I, it, for her, it was like getting to be, she's been with her husband for almost 20 years, maybe over 20 years now, and, but she'd never been inside a counseling session with him, you know? She, she'd heard about it, of course, all the time, but to kind of be there, to lift back the veil and be inside the room as he goes through these exchanges with people who are struggling... I think had a big impact on her because you can see Neymoto absorbing this stuff like a sponge in a way. And I think that her witnessing that for the first time was a big deal. It's happening over the sort of the evolution of documentary filmmaking. The cinematography is really, really good. I mean, the, everybody's gotten better. They're really up their game in, in, in documentary filmmaking in general, yeah. and, and this is no exception. Uh, I want to uh, a great cinematographer, LA-based Emily Topper. Okay, the film excellent. And you wear many hats here. I said you were the director, you're also the producer. You wrote for the film right. and all kinds of different things. And uh, well, I look forward to. Uh, seeing you here in Los Angeles and then also, you know, people get out to see this. This is a wonderful documentary. Uh, and, uh, it, it, it's a kind of documentary that you'll want to talk about when, uh, when you leave the theater. And also it's just the man himself is a genteel, uh, uh, person with his flaws. And I, there's sort of a strain of Buddhism that, it, that I think fits him there's a strain mm. of this sort of the the people of the earth, people of of flesh and blood who who indulge mm -hmm. themselves, but at the end of the mm -hmm. day come away from it with it a peace of mind and understanding the yin and yang of people. And I I do I think that's how I view him. I view uh, his. Yeah. Uh, well, well, thank you so much for your time, Lana Wilson. Thank you. Thanks for having me and for all your nice words. Oh, you're very welcome. Again, the film is the departure. The director, producer, writer is Lana Wilson. Thank you. Thank you.